Welcome to the Management Minute with Dr. Donita Brown, where we sit down with business leaders to gain valuable insights and advice on how to navigate the world of management. Whether you're a seasoned manager or just starting out, this podcast is for you. I'm Donita Brown, a professor in the College of Business at Lipscomb University. I'm also an author, speaker, and habit coach. For almost 20 years, I worked in corporate America. I managed teams of two to 102. Welcome to this week's episode. This week's guest is Jeff Johnson. Jeff, thank you so much for being here. It has been a long time since I've seen you. We were just talking about how long it has been. I guess that's the great part about social media is you can keep up with people even if you don't physically lay eyes on that's them. Right. So it's so good that's to right. be in the same space with you today. It's great to be here. Well, why don't you start with giving us your one-sentence bio. And just so you know, nobody can do it in one sentence. I think we've had one person <laughs> in the Senate in one sentence. So good luck. Don't be confined by one sentence, but let's see how close you can get. Well, I'm an IT professional that focuses on project management, leadership, and outsourced fractional VCIO, CIO type of work. Okay, great. Put a few commas in there. There you go. There you go. All right. So I'm going to ask you three questions. Are you ready to get started with the first one? Yep. All right. How do your values impact your management philosophy? Growing up, probably in a Christian home, I would say that those values really applied to me also just, uh, and maybe a specific example is just do your best in all things. So I believe that, you know, for the Lord that you should do your best. And I think in business, we should all do our best. So even if you're in a spot that you're not happy with, I believe that maybe it's time to move on. It's time to find something different that fits you, but you should do your best while you're in that role. And so whatever I do, that's, that's my goal. Management, individual contributor, whatever that might be. Other things I expect other people to work hard. So as I'm a manager, when I work with others, I expect them to give their best and expect them to work hard and then just treat people right. I think that's the other big thing. I think if you treat people right, a lot of things fall into place. So you said do your best. So what if you're working with a coworker who isn't doing their best and maybe not working hard? How do you handle the either your employee that maybe directly works with you or a coworker? What do you do? I think it's important to get the right team on your bus. So that's probably the beginning. A lot of times you inherit a bus and there's individuals that just go through peaks and valleys like we all do. And so depending on that person, if it's somebody that's you know really strong, I think in any case you mentor them, you try to work them up, you look for the situation. We all have crazy things going on in our lives and you don't always know what other somebody else is doing. It very likely could be something not related to work, especially if they're a proven good performer and they're just not performing. There's probably some other influence there. So I think digging into that, helping them figure out what that is and just being there supportive for them, figuring out what they need. If there's blockers or something in their way, help them with that. And if they're not such a great employee, then I think it's just a little bit more directive action, working with them, trying to help them, give them real specific milestones and goals so that they can be successful on a day-to-day basis. And then hopefully that translates into bigger successes. Yeah. You know, I don't think anybody ever wakes up and says, I'm going to be a crappy employee today. Right. But you did mention, you know, people do go through peaks and valleys. I mean, I know in my own life I've had challenges, you know, different things may happen in life, have a new, you know, addition to your family or, you know, you can go through hard times with parents or just, you know, different challenges that life comes through. So how would you show grace? You said Christian values. So how would you show grace to an employee? There's a lot of different ways. One thing I think if you just allow someone to constantly miss deadlines, that's different than grace, that Mm. that becomes more of an enabling of poor performance. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean the first time it happens you know, you work with them. I'm a firm believer of let people do their job and trust but verify. 
So come back in, make sure they're doing what they need to do to keep them on track. Yeah, that's good. Trust but verify. I like that. I like it. All right, ready for question number two? Sure. All right. Who or what has had the most impact on your management style? So my management style has definitely ebbed and flowed over the years. I think I've I've grown through my career in different types of roles. One of the things that from a person, there's a gentleman named Tom Morgan that I worked with in Atlanta. And a short version of all that is I left for a year of work for a mission trip, came back, and he offered me an opportunity with a technology that I'd never worked with before. And he said, you know, I know ethics. I know you're good at consulting. I know you're good at general IT. I can train you on the on the specifics of what you need. And they sent me to three months of training, and I became a solid performer for him in the consulting arrangement. And just working with him, and it was more of a trust and, like, I know you're the right kind of person, and you have the right ethics to do what you need to do. And so that that was something that was influential to me very early on in my first four or five years of working. I've had some negative influences that have also <laughs> impacted mine where people are very, I don't know if nitpicky is the right word, but just very micromanagerial and always on somebody and never trusting you to do it your way. It's always got to be their way. And I've learned that's not a good way to lead. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't help people grow. It doesn't use their uniquenesses. Mm-hmm. Um, having uniquenesses for all of us really makes a difference. So yeah. so that's one. And then a thing, not so much a person maybe, but a company. Actually, I learned a lot from FedEx when I worked at FedEx in Memphis. I was only there for a few years because we had family and decided when we started having kids of our own, we wanted to move back to Nashville. But when I was at FedEx, their mantra was people service profit. And it was take care of your people. If you take care of your people, they're going to give good service. And if you take care of your people, they give good service. You're going to get good profits. So we're not going to focus on the profits. We're going to focus on our internal people, get the best people in here, promote them, grow them, make them the best that they can be. They're going to be great with our customers, which is in turn going to keep increasing profit. Mm. And so that mentality of just taking care of the people around you on your team, neighboring teams, people you work with, being cordial, not having competitiveness, backstabbing, political environments. That was a big piece of it that's kind of shaped me from years on since then. Sounds like servant leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. A year-long mission trip? Yes. Wow. You want, you want to talk about that at all? Sure. I was doing consulting with Pricewaterhouse at the time right out of school and spent about four years with them. And there's a lot of overtime, lots of long hours, especially as a young you know consultant right out of school. They want to have you work as many hours as you can. And so I just need a break, and I've always wanted to do mission work and music, and there was a group that was sponsoring a band, and so I joined a band, was a singer, and traveled through the Northwest United States, and then we went to Australia, New Zealand for six months. Wow. And then came back, and so I lived in a van. (laughs) We stayed at people's houses. We didn't have plans in advance. A couple days in advance, we would call on cities and say, we'll perform if you can house us you know, and feed us. And so we did that and we just toured around and met with a lot of children and, and did youth ministry and worship centers and things of that nature. We performed in prisons and all kinds of different things. And Lord took us in many different directions. That had to have like shaped your management philosophy. <laughs> it shaped a lot of things. I bet. I bet. What's what, what was the craziest time that you had on the road? Wow. That's a tough question. There was a lot of crazy things. We drove from Adelaide in the southern part of Australia all the way over to Perth. And... Those are not close to each other. They are not close to each other. It's maybe Texas to Northern California, kind of a drive. It's a multiple day drive across the desert with very few gas stations where maybe one big one in the middle with a place to sleep and eat. 
everything else you carry extra gas with you back in the day. So it was a it was a fun trek. And just in that time, getting to know the same, you know, mm-hmm. seven people in our group and how to how to live with each other when you drove each other crazy. Because at mm-hmm. that point, no matter what you did, breathing bothered, you know, annoyed you <laughs> with somebody. Sure. And sure. Um, just just getting along with them is is was a big part of something that I grew from in, in management style and and just life uh, dealing with people and yeah. seeing the good in people and focusing on a little bit more than just what you're doing. You know, it gave us opportunity to, to go deeper with each other and thoughts and dreams and hopes and, you know, where you're trying to go to. So, yeah. And really forming those relationships, forming the relationships. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Before we get to the next question, let's pause for a quick message about Lipscomb University's College of Business. Are you looking to sharpen your management skills and take your career to the next level? If so, look no further than the MBA program at Lipscomb University. Our part-time program is designed to provide you with the knowledge and the tools you need to excel in today's fast-paced business environment. Lipscomb offers both in-person and online formats that make it a perfect fit for full-time working professionals. Apply now and elevate your management skills. Learn more and apply at lipscomb.edu forward slash business. All right. Question number three. Mm -hmm. What book has made the biggest impact on you? I was thinking about that. And, you know, I'm more of a uh, fun book reader than than a business book reader, but I have gone through several books and uh, oh, we'll take a fun book too. You don't have to, you, yeah. know, you, you can give us two recommendations. <laughs> you can give us a business book and a fun book. Well, I'll go with the business book. It we read this as a management team in my, one of my prior companies recently and we talked about emotional intelligence. So it's emotional mm-hmm. intelligence 2.0 by Dr. Travis Bradbury and Gene Greaves. And in there, it, it really focuses on, you've got to know yourself so self-awareness is a big, big piece of it because we always, we can go through and not even realize what we're doing. I find this in my marriage a lot of times where I think I'm being funny and my wife does not. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it goes vice versa. But there's just times you need to be aware of yourself and how what you're doing impacts others. And if you're a leader, sometimes what you say has a lot more weight than if you weren't a leader. Mm-hmm. Even if it said the same thing and you said it the same way and it was funny, you know, if your CIO or your president of your company says something to you, it has more weight than if a peer said it to you. Sure. So you have to be a little bit aware of that. Self-management was another, there's like four big things that they had. So self-awareness, self-management, you balance your emotions with your like rational logic thought. Hmm. So if you're too logical, you probably aren't making all the best decisions for your team. But if you're so emotional that all your decisions are emotional, you're probably not making the best decisions for the company. So you have to kind of balance emotions with logic and rationale, thinking on that. Self-awareness as far as reading the room, social awareness, where you're you're looking at other people and you know, know when it's time to joke, when it's not time to joke, when it's appropriate to say this or not. Again, who's in the room? Is it the executive team? Is it your peers? You know, whatever that might be. Reading the room, social awareness is important. And then the fourth thing that I thought was, was pretty cool is their relationship management. They talked about mm. long-term success with people and you know, even if you don't think you work with somebody again, or it was a short-term project, just building that relationship, having trust, showing trust, earning trust, pays dividends down the road. But the other thing they brought up, which, which was kind of cool, was criticism. Um, mm. They had a whole section on that where as long-term relationships, people aren't generally really happy long-term as a relationship if you're a yes man, if, or if you're always polite to somebody, if you're always saying good job, when they're really not always doing a good job. And so being 
I guess, self-confident enough to give criticism where it's needed, but in a positive, productive way that helps people. People appreciate the opportunity to get better. And when someone gives them honest, honest feedback on their performance. That's really good. I have not read that book. Oh, I've seen it. Good. Yeah. I've seen it. And I read a lot of books, but that's one that I have not read. I know the concepts of emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. but I'm, I may have to read that one. All right. Are you ready for my favorite segment? Sure. Okay. So I'm going to ask you rapid fire questions. So don't overthink it. You got okay. 60 seconds. Let's see how many you can answer. Ready? Yep. Okay. Texting or talking? Texting. What makes you cry? Uh, children being abused. What makes you happy? Food. <laughs> Favorite food? Steak. Favorite color? Red. Favorite restaurant? I don't know. I'll go with the Indian cuisine in Cool Springs. What problem are you currently trying to solve? How to grow my business and be more successful. You can have a dinner party with four dead people. Who would you choose? Abraham Lincoln. Jesus. My grandfather. My mom's side. And Moses. That'd be fun. What class in college did you not take seriously that you wish you would have? Ooh, most of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with uh, spreadsheets. Oh, isn't that the choice? Favorite holiday? Christmas. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. All right. Good job. You did well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. So parting advice for a manager. So think about this as you get to tell a new manager like your mm-hmm. best advice. What would you tell them? First, make sure you're doing what you need to do to be successful. Your job, do your job well. Secondly, for the people that are working for you, make sure you walk the walk. Don't just mm. talk it. And thirdly, take care of the people that you're working with. Protect them. Uh, help them feel successful. Find ways to make them feel successful and let them know it when they're being successful. And yeah. be honest. Honest with feedback. Mm. Criticism. That's good. That's good. Well, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate you being on this week's episode. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Management Minute. We hope you enjoyed this week's interview. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend or colleague. If you have suggestions for a future guest, please send me their contact information to donita.brown at lipscomb.edu. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you. This podcast is powered by the College of Business Content Creation Studio at Lipscomb University.